0: hello fantasy disc golf fans and welcome to chill disc days a sports ethos presentation. I am your host Matthew Williams make sure to follow me on Twitter at Mr. chilliams and Instagram at chill disc days and I would like to officially welcome you to episode number 13 of chill disc days uh, it's been a bit little bit since our last show little bit since we had our talk with Manuel and Patrick from Heiser Base. Um, Again, huge shout out to them for not only uh, taking the time to create the first Fantasy Disc Golf app, but um, hop on the show and give us some insight on the scoring and in their background and kind of what we can expect as Fantasy Disc Golf fans from Heiser Base. And we're getting into we're getting into draft season. I've seen a lot of people out there on Twitter getting some Heiser Base leagues going, so I've been trying to hop in as many as I can just to get some get some reps in. I think with the Heiser Base, kind of reminds me of like Underdog, where you're like drafting, and but like Underdog is like the best ball league where they just take your best finishes and draft. Well, these I think you could still adjust your roster, you just won't have transactions, but you know there will be less like in season work involved, so. I'm kind of like okay, getting into a bunch of leagues and and just having a fun draft season and hoping I can keep up with all my leagues throughout the year. But uh, it's been a lot of fun so far. Still waiting on that email from Johnny V to see when Skip Ace leagues open up to start doing those as well. But guys, we're getting into we're getting into draft season. It's been a lot of fun, and I wanted to wanted to take this episode to talk a little bit about the draft guide that was released last week, last Wednesday. I um, wanted to give a little bit of time for, for everyone to be able to kind of chew on that, digest it. There was a lot in there, um, a lot of good stuff. So hopefully it was helpful. Hopefully everyone's had an opportunity to dive into it a little bit. And wanted to just take a little bit to kind of talk about the construction of the guide, some of the you know strengths, weaknesses, takeaways, areas I'm looking to improve it for, for next year. Um, just kind of give a little bit of background on the draft guide um, and how to utilize it for these drafts coming up and then talk about some of the recent news because there's been a lot of news that's dropped over the last week since we dropped the draft guide so just wanted to kind of provide some context on some of the recent news in terms of how it correlates with with the draft guide and and where some adjustments might need to take place so starting off just talking about how i constructed the draft guide and I put a little section in at the top of the draft guide just kind of talking about this stuff, but wanted to, you know, just provide my spin on it. Um, wanted to emphasize really that this first year was kind of like forming the foundation for this draft guide. So it was a lot of working backwards. Like I would mentioned, ideally what I would want is, you know, you have every player from every single lead series and major, you have all those finishes in there. And you have all those data points to create the rankings. Well, when I did the draft guide, I was originally looking at maybe like the top 100 MPO players. Because this was before I realized FPO was in there as well. So I just kind of worked backwards trying to figure out like the top 100. And kind of started off with like the tour points leaders and and whatnot. And then talked with Johnny V. And he introduced FPO. So kind of worked backwards integrating FPO. So... Just by the time I was getting all this, I didn't like go back and enter every elite series and majors. But this year in 2023, I will be, you know, having like ongoing rankings throughout the year. So I will be tracking this throughout the year. So I will have every single player that plays an elite series or major um, in that spreadsheet, tracking their performance. So that by the time the end of the season rolls around, we already have that data set ready to go for me to get the draft guide going. I'm not going to be working backwards putting in data. So that will be a big thing to look out for for next year is, you know, it's very possible there are some names um, I missed out on that should be in that rankings list. It's very possible. So just a little little asterisk on there is is this was just my best attempt to kind of narrow down the top. 200 so when you look at those rankings like the points those points they're really ranked against each other you know it's not ranked against every single fantasy every single player that played in late series and major it's just kind of ranking them against the the players that you see on those top 200 lists so next year we'll have everybody we'll let the numbers kind of speak for himself and hopefully yeah getting that more data set will you know give us a, a better idea of true fantasy values and that average waiver replacement value again i better idea of where that sits at also kind of going into getting the foundation set was a lot a lot of the formatting you know so i would like kind of go back and add players and have to you know update the formatting um the stats like those udis stats originally i just had i think like eight stats and then i added like the ob and stuff so going back But with getting that foundation set, like I didn't the the player blurbs, I thought they were good. But I felt like I didn't get to spend as much time actually writing the player analysis as I wanted to. I spent a lot more time working on like the formatting, the fantasy value quantification, um, updating kind of like the UDIs stats and stuff just to kind of get a feel for um, where the overall players' games were in some of these categories. But Next year, I'm thinking about, like, with my player write-ups, I would like to do... Uh, I was just kind of looking at, like, Kevin O'Connor's uh, NBA. He does, like, a draft guide for, like, actual NBA teams' drafts. Not a fantasy draft guide, but, like, the actual NBA draft coming up in June. He does a draft guide, but he does, like, strengths and weaknesses and really gets into their games. So I think I'd kind of like to do something like that for fantasy next year with my write-ups. So have, like, a strength section, a weaknesses section and then like a fantasy outlook section. So we can really, you know, the I, I'm, I'm proud of the draft guide for sure, but I definitely see room for improvement. And I think the player blurbs, especially once you get to the tail end, they were pretty much just like, here's where you're looking at streaming them. But next year, you know, as I go throughout the year, I want to, you know, work on really getting into the players' games on the, the blurb section, the little write-ups under them. So work on enhancing that for next season and kind of like as I was talking about tracking the stats throughout the year I kind of want to do and this won't really impact fantasy too much this is just something that I think would be nice on my end anyone who's played fantasy basketball is probably familiar with basketball monster they have like a like a little category grid that compares each player's like performance in that category to the average, and almost does like a standard deviation, and gives you points to really give you rankings on like a fantasy category scale. I really want to do something like that for fantasy disc golf. I and I think I like looking at this basketball monster setting. I think I've kind of figured out how they've done it. So I really want to make like a eight nine cat ongoing of like rankings list and i don't know how i will get that out to the public i'm still trying to figure that out but um that's just something i want to work i really like i've talked about category leagues a lot and um i just kind of want to do that on my end a little personal project to kind of showcase the potential of category leagues so that's just something to look out for on your guys's end and then with the ongoing scoring i'm going to probably do rankings with hyzer base and skip base throughout the year so we can have an ongoing rankings list and that will help us keep better track on, on players because you know the the scoring settings are so different um on skip base and hyzer base with the skip base being the finish scoring and the hyzer base being kind of like the stroke scoring so i mean that does kind of lead me to the draft guide is that draft guide is really based on skip base it was before I find out, found out about Heiser Base. So by the time I, I had uh, found out about Heiser Base and interviewed them, it was too late to really make any adjustments to the draft guide. And and I let, you know, Manuel and Patrick know that when I released and I'm like, guys, this is going to be heavily targeted towards Skip Base. But next year, you know, I might look at doing two draft guides potentially just to kind of see where the uh, fluctuations in our values between the two scoring systems. But... You know, for this year, if you're looking at the draft guide, using it for a base, you know, I don't really know how to to adjust it too much. I would just say, you know, one thing that I think I missed out on on my interview was uh, clarifying the, the par points. Because when I had asked, I think I had asked, and I thought par was zero points. They said par is one point on social media. And a birdie is two eagle three and then bogey would be minus 1. I think that's actually a really big difference cuz if par is 0, the difference between par and bogey is 1, but if par is 1, the difference between par and bogey is 2. So if you're, you know, kind of looking at getting ready for the Heiser base, I would just say like people who bogey more for sure you have to you have to look at is the the bogey rate so like par becomes essentially that much more important is, is is if you're getting another stroke so I think that was a big takeaway I had was the par being one point versus zero points um, really if you're looking to adjust your Heiser base rankings using the draft guide you know maybe just look at what kind of like the the par and bogey percentages are on some of these players and that's something I might. Yeah, I might do an episode on, actually, maybe just take a deep dive and look at if we could see some some big takeaways from guys who, you know, maybe bogey more often or, you know, maybe like an Alden Harris who's super safe and, you know, staying bogey free and just getting pars and pars and birdies where you can take them. So uh, I think that will be something interesting is kind of looking at how that Heiser base um, scoring will pan out. So, yeah, next year might do multiple draft guides with both rankings lists to uh, get a get a better idea for the field because you know let's just uh talk about the Shelley Sharp Memorial, you know, that just happened. Jennifer Allen beat Maria Aliva by 23 strokes. Twenty-three strokes. So in skip base, you know, you're talking about Jennifer Allen just getting one point of separation, whereas in Heiser base, you know, I don't know exactly what the uh, difference in were like birdies and pars and bogeys but I'm guessing it was around a 25 point fantasy score difference so I mean that's just a big difference in the in the values is yeah is the finish restricts so we'll have to look at those scorings because that's just a big fantasy difference purely on the platform Maria Oliva Jennifer Allen one on skip base and then like 25 on Heiser base. So I think that's all I was really looking to touch on for the draft guide. I was just saying, you know, take the rankings with a grain of salt, really look at them in comparison with each other. Next year, we'll look to get all the players in there. We'll look to get the player blurbs better. We will do updated rankings through the year for Skip Base and Heiser Base. And then going forward, maybe like a category league basketball monster thing so really those were the points I was looking to touch on with the draft guide now to transition to kind of some of the recent news that has has made a, an impact on you know my draft guide and I'm just gonna I'm gonna start with the top with the Simon MVP talk on the Nick and Matt show um, I think this dropped like right as I was wrapping up my my draft guide I don't think – I think it does provide a little bit more clarity on his schedule. It seems like his contract is very performance incentive-based. I mean, obviously, he gets that outstanding uh, base. But it seems like he really has, like, no income cap. So he sounds extremely motivated. And, you know, I think I can keep him around this. I don't think I'm going to fluctuate his fantasy value too much. I think in the draft guide, I had him ranked 24th. He was 19th last year. Average finish of 21.1. I think it was like looking at like, he had eight events with an average finish of 36 and a half. So like, yeah, I was like, yeah, even if Simon doesn't get the four elite series wins, you know, with the skip base, like, he'll still be, he should still be competing towards the top, so, yeah, I think around a top 20 player still for Simon, I might have had him discounted a little bit, just because, I mean, he is throwing new plastic, so that is something you have to consider, too, I don't know, maybe 20 to 25, I think I'm going to keep him on there, I think the Simon MVP talk didn't sway things too much for me on his fantasy value, just kind of more confirmation on his on his schedule that, um, he will be out there competing a lot. So, um, like I had mentioned with Heiser base, so I was a little nervous if he might, you know, slow his schedule down or whatnot, but that doesn't look like it's going to be the case. Uh, a Va- uh, big one, Valerie Monduhano with that ankle injury sounds like we'll keep her out of, you know, I think she says she's trying to be back by Waco. So, you know, of course I put her on the on the calling card in the uh, the draft guide, the the players you can always call on. Um, and of course, you know, just a few days she gets hurt. And I think that I'm a, I'm a little nervous because she was, what, I had her 13th. She was top 10 last year. But you got a lot of people hot on her tail. You got Kat Mursh, you got Holland, you got Ella Hansen, you got Owen. You know, there's just... A lot of people. There's just a lot of uh, people around that range where an ankle injury taken out of a couple events, and then if it lingers, uh, I think it does. It, it does raise some questions in terms of putting her closer into that that realm of the the Hall and the Own, the Ella. Like now you're now you're really you know I think I had Valerie at the top of that list for sure uh but now i'm just kind of like ooh, i don't know so uh that valerie injury for sure if you're in an fpo draft that's gonna have to be something you're consider. you're gonna have to to chew on personally i think it just i think it kind of makes like if you are doing skip base. i feel like it just kind of makes the MPO players around that range a little more valuable because you do kind of have like a clunk of FPO players around the same uh, like similar value whereas around that range you're like yeah if you could snag like a KJ or a James Conrad or you know even get yourself like a like a Barella or you know Freeman or Simon like it, it it almost lets you hold off a little bit on the FPS side to kind of just see how that how the draft board is stacked and I I just think yeah she uh, she definitely falls down a little bit in my rankings for sure because you never know how that ankle sprain is going to linger throughout the year so um, that was kind of a little bit of disappointing news for for Valerie you know she's making that big switch to disc craft. There's a lot of hype around that, and starting off with um, an ankle injury is not a great way to start the year. But that's uh, why why you probably try to wait to draft close to as close to the start of the season as possible, so you can let these things kind of play out. And and I mentioned um, with my timing, like for sure next year I'm going to be trying to release this closer to draft season to account for all the schedule updates and and injuries. But this year, like. I was really targeting to get this out so people can digest it. We can get started, get into draft mode, get the foundation set. And next year with the foundation set, we'll get it released closer to closer to the start of next year with more projections. Actually, that was something I wanted to touch on is, is I didn't really have like projections per se. It was really the fantasy value quantification with like a better or worse approach so you know it's not having like this person's playing 15 events with a projected average finish of 10 and i get the points set out for all these players and let the numbers speak for the projections that's kind of where i'd like to go next year um but you know for this first year it it's more almost just quantifying value and kind of putting them into tiers um instead of actual projections but other news will shoestrick i missed that he was supposed to be making a few big events in 2023 so uh we'll probably add that to our like streamers kind of high upside streamers watch list for sure i'm excited to see what events he will be partaking in uh page was on smashbox and she announced that she was going to be doing like a she said like a 70% schedule so 70% elite series and majors so that kind of you know I had her in the FPO wild cards with Haley King and I feel like actually that's probably going to end up being right around a, a good I would say a good spot so Haley King Played 11 skip base events last year with an average finish of 13.7 with a 41st fantasy finish. So, I mean, quick math 75% of 16 would be 12. So, 70% of like seven, 17 skip base events would be maybe 12 skip base events, 11 to 12. So, kind of around the same events as Haley King and and she has obviously the talent let's see she has an average finish of for her career of 8.98 so if Haley King was at 13.7 you know you're expecting you know increased competition and some rust I don't know if you're expecting Paige to get a top 10 average finish off the bat so if you're looking at maybe hey kind of close to that Haley King 15 average finish making 11 12 skip base events I think you're looking at a top 50 player so I would I will probably look at page two around the 50 range I kind of like her where I had her on my initial draft guide actually with the um the FPL wild cards I think around that top 50 value is a nice spot to snag her and I'm definitely a little nervous to swing on her higher just because of the mainly the schedule um if she was at like 80 90% for sure be willing to take a bigger swing but rust schedule new bag you know i think i think f- if you want to if you want to reach on to her maybe in the third 30s early 40s i think that's fine but uh realistically i think you're looking at Paige probably finished as a top 50 pick next year with her announcing that schedule there was oh Yuna Heininen he uh he had two skip base events Last year for 16.5. He had 14th at the European Open and 19th at US DGC. He announced his schedule for 2023. Looks like he'll be coming to the U.S. Um, looking at the schedule, I'm seeing Open in Austin, Music City Open, Champions Cup Major, Jonesboro, OTB open Portland open and then we'll be looks like going back to Europe and then we'll probably make it for worlds so if you're looking at uh I'm like an early season upside starter um you know he was kind of on my streamers with only two events played last year but definitely bumping up maybe like a half season starter kind of situation so Yuna know, is a definitely a guy who's moving up. My board's going to be making a lot more events this year. So he's almost kind of like um, Sai Ananda on like the FPO side where she made two events last year. But it was like two majors, top 20, making more events this year. So I'm like, if you're placing top 20 at the majors and you're making more events, that's the kind of like upside picks I think you're really targeting is when you have a high average finish and you're bumping those events played way up that's when you want to see that fantasy finish bump way way up so like Unaheinen and Sayananda I am looking for them to take like big fantasy leaps just because you know might be a little surface level to just say hey two top 20 major finishes they're playing more events it just seems like a simple a simple you know takeaway to make but I uh, I think I'm just gonna try to think get get two two in my head about things like this seems like a pretty sound correlation to make so I'm gonna roll with it and see what happens, and and uh, go from there but uh, definitely look at him speaking of schedule Evan Scott and Jake Mon announced a full tour for next season so Evan Scott he was I think it's 17 young gun he was. They were both kind of around that average waiver replacement value. Um, Evan Scott was around 46 average finish, making around 11 skip-place events, and then um, Jake was around 52. So I am super excited to see more of them this year. I think you definitely bump them up into like I – when I was looking at Evan, he kind of came closer to like Connor O'Reilly's value, like that consummate professionals around like that 40 to 45 average finish range, making majority of the events. That's definitely a nice player to have on your team. So I think Evan Scott and Jake Mon bump up your boards with their schedule announcement going from kind of that half season starter to like a full, full season swing. So that was a uh, big news that j- popped out to me was Evan Scott and Jake Mons' tour and let's see what other new Kona Panis I had her yeah she was on my FPO wild card and I had touched on you know just her like signing the new big contract having maybe like the pressure of that and you know going from a career average finish or her average finish in 2021 was 10.32 over 19 elite series and majors dropped to 23 of in in 2022 so i I, you know i wasn't i wasn't super sure what the reason for the drop off in performance you know i was like i wasn't sure if it was maybe the pressure of the contract but she had mentioned she had a, a like thyroid condition and i wasn't aware of this. So for sure that definitely could have impacted her year. And I don't, you know, I, I've, you know, known a few people with thyroid conditions. I know it's definitely tough to like on your energy levels and, and whatnot. So like, I guess I'd keep her on the wild card a little bit. Like, I just don't know as much about, um, her thyroid condition, how that affects performance. And if, you know, that will hinder her from getting back to the 2021 level. So um, That was just something that I learned and I'll just, you know, be trying to keep an eye on her more this year. But I think I'll probably keep her around that same around the 50s Um, until I see, I guess, more about like the thyroid condition and how that's actually affecting her game. All right. Let's see what else. Uh, Cole Radolin made it to uh, DGA. So, well, we got both the Austins at DGA now. Uh, Marweed. You got Mindsma, Now you got Cole. So uh more more people going on to DGA. I've heard a lot about them being kind of the You know unsung. They've been around for a bit, just kinda underrated brand. So I'm excited to see more players get onto the DGA team. Um see more players repping them this year. And and as far as Cole goes, I will you know, not going to shift my ranking too much on him, but he's going to be, uh, another guy that's, that's, um, going to have a good opportunity to make a big fantasy push this year. I mean, he's a young guy, been working on his body, got a lot of pow- power and has a lot of potential to provide some good fantasy value near the like top 75, perhaps made 13 skip base events, but We'll see. uh, I was on Infinite last year. Hopefully, see more of Cole crushing it this year. And then the big news yesterday was the seven euro tour events being awarded like tour points, like Silver Series events. And I reached out to Manuel and Patrick to see if they will add that to Heiser Base. I don't know what the consensus is going to be on that. They added that super late. So I don't know if that will be integrated into into fantasy leagues. Um, I'm almost inclined to say Heiser Base probably won't. But being from Germany, they might want to see more European events in there. But um, I just think uh, they added it so f- stinking late that it might be just too much of a hassle to get that integrated um, this year. So we'll see if uh, Skip Base will be able to get that integrated and Heiser Base and, and just... I think that will make a a big difference. So just keep an eye on that when you're doing your leagues to see if see if they'll have those in there. Because you definitely have to put more of a priority on the European players if they're including those seven seven events. And then uh the Shelly Sharp um I haven't caught the Shelly Sharp. I was b- busy all weekend and haven't actually caught it yet. But um just wanted to touch on a few of the takeaways. I mean, our Andrew Marweed coming away with a big win. And I was super surprised to not see Barella, Hamas, or Gossage in the lead card. I mean, obviously not. You can't have probably all three and Marweed, but like the lead card was Marweed, Minesma, Jake Brown, and Tanner Compton. So... I mean, no offense to the, those guys, but, you know, A.B.'s from from Arizona. He just got that disc half contract. I was just a little disappointed to not see A.B. up there crushing it. Him and Adam crushed it last year. Yeah, last year, Anthony Barella won it over Kale LaVisca with a 26 down. And then this year comes in with the 12 down for 7th place. Marweed with that twenty-five down, Hamas Gossage at thirteen down. So Luke Sampson at eleven down. I don't know what the the takeaway is. I, I'm a like Marweed, I, I'm always the takeaway on Marweed is his floor, I'm just gonna say is super high with that putting. Like you look at his putting smooth. But yeah, his floor, his floor with his putting is always gonna be there. And was able to outperform drew adam Aaron, and anthony so like he finished around i had 50th last year and i kind of had him with the other andrew as maybe like slept on i don't know if he's actually going to be that slept on this year so you might have to prioritize him a little bit more uh, with this performance you know i kind of had him as the f- at the front of the 50s just because it's like nice value if you can get him around there where he slept on a little bit but you know, with him starting off high, I, I like him as a super high-floor guy with his putting and and obviously showed the potential to, you know, beat, beat the best of them on this one. This one's definitely more of an open course, but um, yeah. Yeah, I think uh, the Cookie Monster, he's going to be making a push maybe into those 40s. And then on the other side, the FPO, we kind of touched on Jennifer Allen. I don't know if that performance says more about the dominance of Jennifer Allen or if it is more concern on the part of Maria Oliva because I mean Maria is throwing a a new bag this year. I mean she has the infinite connection like she can throw a mixed bag, but like it looks like they were who was there was Sarah Isaac. I think those are really the big names I'm looking at is Jennifer Allen and Maria Oliva and Jennifer Allen just spanked her. So this is, I mean, that's a big one too. It's with the, um, I already touched on the scoring separation, like skip base. You'd get one point difference for this. Whereas in Heiser base, you're looking at like 23, but I mean, Jennifer Allen, you already knew she was going to crush it. And and she's kind of like that half season starter had her as a perfect pair, perfect pair with the finished players. I mean, you're going to create a power combo right there. But Maria, you know, I think... I can't remember if it was Manuel Patrick picked her as their sleeper. But, you know, there's just a lot of people around her value as well. Like Even, like, Alexis Mendejano. Yeah, you have the Finnish players. You could have, like, Sarah Hocum. It's just, she's, uh, like, with a performance like this, it makes her hard to, like, take a big swing on her to to... Like yeah, I'm confident she's gonna make a big leap this year with the new bag, and and um, oh, I was gonna touch on this with A B and and Adam, like with them, uh, how much are them touring together and being friends? How much is that actually gonna help their performance? Cause those are some young guys who like to partake in young guy things, young guy activities, and you know, I just don't know how like dead set focused on being like that killer competitor you know like Ricky and Paul are I just don't know with them being united you know playing Mario Kart and pickleball and all that stuff all the time you know I just don't know if that's actually going to be a a help or a hindrance uh, having those two united who knows it could be you know we could be picking at little things right here but but like Maria getting with Luke I'm sure it'll be fine. I don't think it's gonna affect her performance too much, but I don't know. I'm just trying to. I'm just trying to figure out something like why she got smashed that bad. It could just be an off week, but um, maybe not overreact. But yeah, I'm kind of like, I'm not super high on on swinging on Maria. That's for sure. As 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 far as like a big leap in fantasy value, you know. I had her at 33 last year. I had her at 27 in the draft guide. Really, you're looking at her for consistency um on on the tour and and whatnot but in terms of taking like a major leap this year I kind of uh, soured off a little bit after just seeing that that uh finish so we'll see we'll see and yeah I think that was the big news that had dropped since I released the draft guide that I was looking to touch on and I'll be staying up to date with, you know, inevitably more news dropping before the season starts and, and kind of where we're taking um, the draft guide adjustments in terms of fantasy value. But, uh, you know, draft season is here. Uh, I think we are going to stay on top of it as possible and, and give some reactions. I know I'm wanting to do some industry drafts this off season, so be on the lookout for that. I know I'm looking at um, hopefully getting an industry draft going in Heiser base and skip base. I think that'd be a lot of fun, but definitely uh, getting into the full swing of draft season. Super excited, super excited. The the season's about a month away, so let's just, let's get uh, geared up for it. Have a great fantasy year. Thank you so much for listening. If if you guys did check out the draft guide and it was helpful, give me a rate review on the show. Show your friends the draft guide. Um, anything you could do to help out the show, just let the fantasy community know that fantasy disc golf is a big thing. We're just trying to grow fantasy disc golf. And I will give a shout-out to the sports ethos. If you are into any other fantasy sports, basketball, football, hockey, got golf, ball golf too. Check out Sports Ethos. They just released a really cool kind of like NBA mock for like what teams are trying to do at the trade deadline. There was like 30 different analysts and it was really cool. So I've been really digging um, what the team at Sports Ethos is doing. I'm I'm happy to uh, be a part of it, doing my thing on the disc golf end of things. So you know, supports uh, support sports ethos, support chill disc days, um, just trying to pro- provide really great fantasy value um, to this industry. So, really appreciate all the support so far. Really hope the draft guide does help all of you guys in these fantasy drafts that we have coming up. I hope you guys are going to ace your fantasy disc golf leagues with some of that help, and, and we will continue looking to make improvements on my end to be the best fantasy analyst i could be to help you guys win some leagues so uh thank you so much for listening that will wrap it up for this episode of chill disc days a sports ethos presentation again i am your host matthew williams make sure to follow me on twitter at mr chilliums and instagram at chill days thank you so much for listening and may all your bogeys become birdies